Good morning and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com and PerfectPTSD.com. And as always, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. Not much to talk about really today, I guess. Yeah, it's a very, you know, pretty subdued in- introduction considering. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. I got to say, no, it was it was it was insanity. I mean, uh, in the NBA, they had this name for Vince Carter whenever you do something called Vince Sanity. Well, put insanity with a V for Vikings in front of it, and that's what we saw on Saturday. My goodness, down thirty three at halftime. I I wrote this at, at halftime. I wrote this to start, you know, looking at the agenda. I said thirty three at zero at halftime. That's all I got. Mark, please explain. You know, and I said, I don't care what, you know, I started making a little comeback. I said, this, this second half comeback means nothing without an explanation in the first wall. I had to scrap that. That's right. <laughs> Dang. So I'm sure you went through a little bit of a rewrite on your own, didn't you, sir? Uh, well, not since it was a noon game. No, you know, you kind of let it play out when it's a noon game. You got some time. Um, you know, I sit next to Chip Scoggins and, you know, and, and, and on the other side of him is uh, is uh, Jim Suhan, and it wasn't too long ago that Suhan and I were covering a Super Bowl where where uh, Matt Ryan was up by a twenty eight to three over someone, and uh, that fell apart. Um, you, you just kind of learn in the NFL to like you know, when they kept kicking field goals and they kept, you know, I know it was thirty three to nothing. And I said Chip was like, well, no, yeah, there's no way, there's not enough possessions left. And right. and I said. I said that you know, possessions don't matter because this is so crazy that there could be fumbles and interceptions and you know everything. Um, which you we were actually, seeing. you were you were you were thinking about this that they were going to oh, come back. I, but I'm just saying you can never say it's over. I, I did say I, I said the final will probably be like 36-23 or something like that. Right. It'll they'll be, they'll come back and it'll kind of you know, but you know just to, just a hundred percent say you know uh, that. The way things are now, the way we see every single week, um, I'm not. I'm not actually not surprised they set an NFL record for this stuff because they've been doing stuff like this all year. It's sort. The only thing I can compare this to is, and obviously we've never, you know, seen anything like it uh, in in NFL history. Is uh, last year's uh, Steelers game when the Vikings were up 28 to nothing, I believe, and and, ha- and it came down to the final play right. where the Vikings have to have a breakup in the end zone to win the game. You know, this was uh, – it, it got comical. We were actually just kind of laughing at the Vikings whenever – a point where it got comical to me was, okay, you go for fourth and one at your 31, and you, and you don't get it. Your very next series, you go for fourth and one at your 31 with a fake punt, uh, and the punter's the guy's head, and I'm just like, well, what more could we see here? Uh, and, you know, then, the, you know – and I, Finally, I'll be on the side of the Vikings fans when it comes to like, uh, you know, wanting to, want to strangle the uh, the officials. I, you know, that they got robbed of two touchdowns and win. The, and so this is the example of like this horseshoe we keep talking about. You, they got robbed of two touchdowns and yeah. still win the game. You better come out with that. You know, I, I, you saying that this stuff's happening all the time. Yeah, it'll probably be broken next week. <laughs> the next yeah, record so. will probably be broken next week. But it it's. Yeah. When they came out in the second half, I mean, and any one of us that have purple on, which I had to do a little purple for today because they didn't make this NFL record, uh, they were thinking, okay, they got to come down and score or we can just, you know, it's garbage time the rest of the game. They go three and out. Right. It's yep. freaking over. It's over. There are 
Chips right. There aren't enough possessions left in the game. Now we have learned these days that well, with Buffalo and uh, uh, Kansas City last year, the playoff game. I mean, they scored like three or four times in with two minutes left in the game. You know, something like that. So yeah, you can score fast, but why is it fatigue? Is it did they give up? Or are they just that rotten? And if this, if so, are the Vikings that rotten that they just cough up? 33 points in the first half. I don't care if they're field goals. That's that's how many series they've scored on, you know. It's yeah. crazy. It makes any sense. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, and that's what, the thing I wrote about uh, for, for Sunday's paper was um, they go three and out. Okay, then that's when you're starting to think, okay, well, this is, you know, it is good. They're going to run out of time. And then yeah. that next series, they, they run that jet sweep to uh, Jalen Rager and – the guy drops him for a five-yard loss, and then he tarts, starts taunting him. And then, like two two snaps later, is when they hit the sixty-three yard, sixty-three yarder to KJ. So I basically I wrote about KJ, but I said, uh, you know, even a, a historical comeback like this has to start somewhere. And I think it started with that, with that uh, that taunting penalty that was a fifteen-yard penalty when it's thirty-three to nothing. People would say, "Oh, come on!" But I mean, and again, it was mostly KJ, a KJ Osborne story, but. That just kind of led to KJ, you know. So instead of second and fifteen, it's yeah. first and first and ten, fit twenty yards up the field, uh, and it's like, wow, you know. Well, and then KJ catches that ball, and then things just started, you know, coming rapid eight, fire. It does start to momentum does start to roll you over a little bit, but at some point, if you got maybe a more experienced head coach, you sit there and, and say, okay, let's let's not kick this away. Or you have an uh, uh, an inexperienced coach who's saying, "Okay, let's keep going. We want to lose this, so we get a good draft pick." You know. Well, I would I would imagine you know Colts ownership, the front office. I mean, you don't you don't put Jeff Saturday in that position to try and win games. I just, they can say what they want publicly, but you know they were they have next year in mind. Now now the players don't. You know the players get on the field and they you know they want to win the game. Matt Ryan certainly wants to win the game to show that he can still play in this league. Um, you know, th- everything was going against the Vikings. I mean, this is a team that was last in the league in takeaways, last in the league in uh, turnover differential, and you know they're, you know they're they're you know with help from the referees, they're they're the Vikings are behind the eight ball on them with with turnovers. Um, you know, we saw just about everything. I there was a point where uh, oh the the great kick that Ryan Wright the punt that he had that, and pins them yeah. down at the one or two yard. I said that the only thing we're missing is a safety to win the game. You know, it's like, right. It had just about everything that you could see in a game. And, and people have said, you know, ah, oh, this isn't a, this isn't a, a record you want because, you know, that meant you screwed up in the first half. To me, this is, this record speaks to your, your, um, you know, you don't give up. You won the game. You don't give up. I mean, there's a lot of teams that, you know, would tank it. And, you know, we, there is no quit, you know, in the, I know it's a cliche and everything, but, there isn't a quit in this team, and they, they, they just keep punching along. I wrote a story for this morning on the uh, Purple PTSD that dovetails with that. I just said, you know, for how many weeks here when they've been winning these miraculous last one-score games, you know, last second one-score games, they all said, well, we don't, we keep believing in each other. Someone's going to make a play. And I finally said, you know what, maybe we got to start taking them at their word. I, you know, that sounds really canned. It sounds really, you know, trite to say, oh, yeah, we believe, we believe, and so maybe we got to start believing that there's something there because if they're going to keep, if they're believing at this one, I mean, what I, what I wanted to know what was said at halftime and 
And uh, apparently Patrick Peterson said, we only need five touchdowns. And I, I don't know who was talking. <laughs> was Kirk Cousins. I thought he was kidding, being sarcastic at one point. But that's what they did. They scored five times, you know. In- yeah, I mean, it, it got to the point where you're like, I'm thinking about texting Joe Oberly and saying, Joe, they're going to be 0-1 in six score games, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it was uh, – wow. Yeah, it was uh, – Never see anything like it. Well, that's what you said. I mean, you said, you know, you texted me, damnedest game I ever saw. And I've been sending that out to my family members and such. And and uh, uh, you did say this was this is the real miracle at uh, Minneapolis Miracle because hey, this is a, this to me was more of a miracle than uh, them throwing a ball and the, the safety putting his head down and whiffing on a tackle and right. the athletic receiver having enough wherewithal to stay in bounds and run for it. I mean, not that that wasn't, you know, the, the stakes were higher and everything, but this right. was just, you know, people are going to be talking about, this will be, uh, and the other thing is I'm, I'm glad I got to see this one because the, the, the Frank Wright game, the Bills and Oilers, I was going up to a ski resort in near Buffalo and it was either blacked out. I can't remember if it was blacked. It might've been blacked out locally because it, I don't think it was a sold sellout. And so I get up there and I'm listening to it on the way up. It was 35 to three when we pull in, turn the turn the radio off. Of course, there's no cell phones. This is, you know, this is the dinosaur days. And I uh, sit down and uh, couldn't get the game on. I'm like, ah, it's no big deal. So then the, the next game comes on and they say, we just saw history. And, uh, and, right. and the uh, Bills came back and won that game. So I didn't get to see that at the end of that one, but I got to see this one. That was one where I remember where I was. I was driving from Mankato on 169 back up to the cities, listening to it on my radio. And, you know, just, I, you know, I was listening for fantasy football purposes because I think I had somebody in that game, you know, somebody in Buffalo was good back then. And, and uh, I just remember, it's so I stuck in my head. That's exactly where I was. It's one of those moments, you know, you hear history being made, this greatest comeback, the, the people on the radio going nuts. And now this one I'll be sitting on my couch watching in my living room, uh, you know, thinking what the heck and and, and just mad that I didn't uh, tape it. I, I taped some of these games to watch them back and I forgot to set the recorder, but I got, I got to find a copy of this game. It's just, it's just crazy. It'll be played a few times. From now no, you're probably right. Um, you know, I, I still got to go back to the first half. What the hell was going on? I mean, the block punt, for the for for the score, the pick six, which was a terrible pass, was that was that Rieger's fault that that Kirk threw behind him like that? Well, I think that you know, Rieger. That's both those interceptions probably were on, certainly the second, the second one. Second one was Rieger yeah. stopped running, and I, I I think Kirk, you know, it's such a bad throw that Kirk was expecting something different than what Rieger get Rieger gave him. So yeah, yeah, you know, I would say that. You know, that's probably rigor should have been in a different spot. The, the second one, that's where my stomach dropped because that's, that, that's when you're feeling it. I mean, they're down by maybe two touchdowns, I think, at the time, and uh, they're just marching again. They're just marching down there to, to, to pull within one touchdown. And just a terrible – I mean, rigor stops and, and hangs Kirk out to dry and he gets picked off. And it's, then, then you think, oh, this ain't happening. This ain't happening, you know. But uh, – uh, not a question there, but that, that that's what I do recall. Kirk also threw the ball, uh, held the ball too long a lot of st- times, I thought, and suffered like seven sacks and like nine or 11 hits. So he was uh, he was having some troubles back there. He had Cook with another fumble. Um, it just – every, everything that could have went wrong did. Go ahead. And Ed Ingram 
extended his league leading stepping on the quarterback's foot to I believe it's three. It's three. Yeah. Uh, three times where it looks like it's almost on purpose. It's uh maybe if it, we could look into it, you know, maybe Ed's got a got a wager going on uh, how many times he can do it. I don't know, but. Uh, that's the problem there, Ed. Come that's on, that's a that's a that's a bizarre happening, and I, I think it's four overall. I think Garrett Bradbury got him once. So, um, yeah, it's uh, that first half was it was it was comical. I thought I thought it was you know they came out flat. They came you know and nobody expected nobody thought you know at, going into the game if they lost four in a row and the Lions won four in a row, you know that wasn't going to happen. So it's kind of they're a playoff team, and I think that they they. But they were flat. Um, they sure looked, you know. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get on Kurt on uh, on O'Connell for um, you know going for it uh, twice at his 31 because if you if you want if you want to enjoy the the uh, the fruits of a guy that's uh, aggressive, uh, you know, and really really pushes the envelope and he's the new air new way new new type of NFL coach, then you can't be saying every time he goes for it and doesn't get it uh, to beat him up, but. Uh, that second one was like, wow, you know, it's like, you know, they did hold the defense didn't hold them to a field goal after both of those, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the defense is taking a lot, taking a heck of a beating and rightfully so most of the time. But in this case, you know, the offense hands them the ball at their 31 twice um, in back-to-back possessions in the first half. And I believe they didn't give up a field goal on both once. So uh, it's 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 something like yeah they did come on and I did not expect that after the, the bad loss in Detroit last week I thought they would respond better and they came out just flat I mean usually usually they have the early score and and uh, <clears throat> they play along and hold on at the end you know I, here's here's something that I that I wrote before uh, and uh, I said looks like KOC is a decent front runner but doesn't look like he has enough experience in what to do to dig out of a one-sided beat down. <laughs> That's what I had written for my agenda. I guess I stand corrected. Uh, I mean, I even wrote, uh, I wrote to you at uh, right before half. I said, I can't make the podcast this week. You and Mike yeah. have to do it. And, and you responded, let's do five. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. There's so much to talk about. Uh, but yeah, if, if you were, if we were like uh, Sue Ann and I talked about, uh, well, we are we at that Super Bowl with the Falcons and the, and the Patriots. And what we, cause that's when your, your, you know, Super Bowls are late, you know, held later, the halftime's longer. And when you're working for the, uh, still working for a daily newspaper, uh, you got to have stuff ready to go to hit the, hit the button. And I said, we should probably like frame what we had when it was 28 to three, as opposed to, you know, I think I was writing about Belichick. He was writing about, uh, uh, about Brady. It was like, we had them just like completely washed up and they're done and blah, 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 all this. And then it was like, you know, and then they make the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Um, yeah, it's uh, well. What were you doing yesterday? Were, how how do you guys divide that up? I mean, maybe Ben Gesslin takes the the game story, and and then I, I read your piece, which I thought was kind of interesting. That was really a kind of a focal point with with that, wasn't it? Was that uh, the former Viking that got that that uh, taunting penalty that kind of turned the tide? How do you? No, how, no, that, that wasn't him. Uh, well, I mean, we we had you definitely have to talk, especially games like that. You got to talk uh, when the game's over. You know, thank goodness it was a noon game. But you know, uh, Suhan is the columnist. He kind of writes the big picture usually. Uh, Chip, uh, we were talking as we needed. A, we definitely needed a pool report for the uh, what the officials. Yeah, every every other minute it was like, we, we, you know, what should we do? So we needed someone. We needed them to explain 
those two fumbles and why, you know, they, they, they messed them both up. Uh, so uh, Chip, when he's Chip said he was going to write about that. So he went and did the pool report and he and Seifert, I believe. Um, so then, you know, mine's kind of like the outside the box a little bit, or it has to be kind of, right. Right. You know, we have so many people there, which is nice. That's, a, that's what makes, I think the product very good for, for the readers is that, you know, you know, sometimes we're going at something that people just other people just don't have the time to do. Uh, so to me, Osborne uh, was a, was a story. And, and then just to kind of like, you know, the first step, the first domino to fall in this, what led to, you know, this guy having 141 yards receiving in the second half, he catches, I mean, we're seeing the future of the number two receiver, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it looks like it might be in pretty good hands. Uh, let me go back to my KOC comment. Uh, do we have to really start believing in this guy now? Because uh, I mean, not that we haven't already, he's, he's got him at 11 and three and, and clinched the North uh, NFC North division and a, and for a home game for sure uh, in the playoffs. But um, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, he, he, uh, what could he have possibly said at halftime? And is it, is it that he's got these players in such a mindset that they really do believe that they're not out of this at 33 zero. I mean, I've been a coach before. I, I don't, I didn't call timeouts because I had nothing left to say to these guys, you know, in a basketball game. I said, just keep playing, get that clock out of here. We got the lead, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you're down 33, nothing. What, what can you possibly say, you know, other than have bring in Mike Zimmer to scream at him for a few minutes and then, uh, you know, say we're going to work your ass off on Monday. You know, it just, you got to get, you got to hand it to it somehow. Cause I'm sure you addressed the team and whatever was said, unless it was the team. Yeah. The I mean, these, these are, these are, these are adults and, uh, and today's adults, uh, today's players, the yelling and screaming is, uh, d- doesn't seem to have a, you know, as it has the reverse effect on them. So, you know, I, I'm sure it was as a matter of, Hey, we, we just, let's just represent ourselves better than what we, we did in the first half and see where it let, we see where it goes. You know, some of this is also the Colts. You know, I think the Colts, you know, the Colts were playing, they were playing to win and they were playing not to lose. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, there were some field goals there that, uh, and, I, I don't, and I honestly don't know how much it really mattered to the Colts. You know, I guess to the, to the guys in the game, it matters. You know, we've got to win this game. Uh, I don't think the ownership or uh, front office is shedding any tears that they lost. I don't think. I don't know. But, um, you know, to me, it's like, it's a combination. It's a, it's the Colts kind of freezing up sort of like when you get up by uh, let's say you're six up and uh, we're heading to the back nine Joe it's like the guy who's six up is not go- you know he's going uh-oh he loses two three in a row you're like oh boy I just need one drive and you're like oh okay I'm gonna hit the ball it's mental uh, like, with 11 guys on the field I can see that with me gagging like a you know like I got both hands around my neck because I've done it but when 11 guys someone's got to grab you by the coattails and say hey listen let's let's pull yeah. our head out here and 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 write this ship what's going on but no you know getting back to o'connell overall i don't know that the guy can i mean i think this season will be remembered with how how the postseason ends but um even if they go one and done uh which would be hard because this team is not going to be able to stay together you know there's gonna be a lot of older guys i mean this is kind of a window of opportunity that might have belonged to Zimmer if he had, if he'd won a couple more games last year. Now, uh, even though it's a new coach, there's still this window that's coming closed. Yeah. And uh, not not that he's going to get fired, of course, but I'm saying that they, they're you're you're not going to have 
you know, all of these older 30, 30 some years, 30 some year old guys going, making one more run again. So it, it, the team is going to change a lot next year. So, uh, but I think, you know, I like his aggressiveness. He's obviously a wonderful match for Kirk. Um, I, I, I just think that he's, uh, uh, he makes his decisions quickly, decisively, um, and had he, the play designs are, are good and everything. It's you know, so to me, it's it was a, it was an even though I like Zim, uh, wish he had made the playoffs last year. Just you know, just I kind of like the guy. And uh, but this it was time for a change. There's no question. I think it was also a time for change for for uh, general manager. They had their run, they had their opportunity, and they missed on it. And now. You know, here are these guys, and I think they're, they're kind of doing what they said they were going to do so far. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll see when the playoffs get here. The Vikings won an historic, and it was in historic fashion. They set an NFL record, the biggest comeback ever, to go 11-3, and three, take the division, solidify a home playoff game, potentially two if they stay where they're at. And what is Mark Craig, the wet blanket, doing talking about breaking them up? next year what are you talking about no, i'm kidding oh i'm, I'm telling you urgency urgency <laughs> and win it now that's a good point to break we'll regroup and come on back so with with more from uh, vikings territory breakdown podcast uh welcome back to vikings territory breakdown podcast mark craig from the star tribune mark we uh Still reveling in the in the glow and the aftermath of this uh incredible game you know it, it's it's a great win. It's a historic win, but you know, you aren't there unless you uh, kind of puked on yourself for 30 minutes, but you know, there is that, but there's so much to talk about. I mean, you mentioned KJ and you actually wrote about him from the week before. Uh, yeah. And so you, you uh, had a little prescience there where you got started talking about KJ and he has this breakout game and, and he was something else. I mean, he played like someone that, that says, Throw me the ball, damn ball, a little bit more. You know, there's, uh, you know, I might come alphabetically after JJ. I'm KJ, but you know, throw me the ball more. And he deserved it. He made some big plays there that that really uh, got that thing uh, back in the Vikings' favor. Yeah, the one thing I, I I love about this guy is, and we've talked about it over and over again. Um, don't look at his numbers. I'm always like, you know, K, KJ Osborne could have a game where he catches two balls for 30 yards. And he's not going to win you any fantasy points, but you look back and you go through the play-by-play, or you just remember how the game went. Uh, you know, you got to watch the games too to kind of get the eyeball effect as well. And it'll be, you know, two big first downs. It'll be a uh, be a first down on fourth down. It'll be a two-yard touchdown. Um, but what I love about him is his personality. Um, and all their receivers, general, even even Jefferson, um, they don't have that, you know, that arrogance or that you know, cockiness of. Uh, I guess you'd say they, they, they all have a, they all, you need to be confident. You need to be yes. cocky in that position, but they don't have that cancer type, you know, presence about him. And KJ is a guy that knows his spot. He probably knows in the back of his mind that just keep plugging along. He's going to be that second receiver when Thielen moves on, uh, when they move on from a Thielen, big, bigger Thielen contract. And, you know, I wrote, I went to some people in the locker room and say, who's your most underrated Viking and, um, you know, Jordan Hicks said, uh, 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 geez, Duke Shelley, uh, which is, could be another good one because Duke played every snap on Friday, on a Saturday. And then uh, I went to KJ and he could, he, he named off uh, the, uh, Bynum and Metellus. And then I said, well, my pick is KJ Osborne. He's like, well, I can't pick, can't pick myself. 
And then he, he kind of talked about, uh, you know, just what it's like to, you know, only get two or three balls and then have it be in some cases like the first Lions game or the Panthers game last year where that, you know, your, your, your opportunities come at the end. Uh, you catch a touchdown to beat the Lions at the end of regulation, catch a touchdown in overtime last year to beat uh, the Panthers. Um, he's an exceptional player. And, uh, but like Kirk Cousins was saying, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he deserves more. And, but when you have all these other weapons um, and he, he, Kirk was kind of happy that, that, that KJ aligned where KJ had, had a big game and 157 yard. He had never had a hundred yard game. Now he had 157 nice. uh, with a touchdown. And I told him, I said, well, you can't be underrated anymore. You know, so uh, <laughs> and he seems like a really good kid too. So I, I was happy for him. It's interesting that he hasn't had this bust out game sooner because I mean, teams are clamping down on Jefferson, but Kirk is throwing more balls to him that are 50, 50 and contest the balls anyway. And so that's probably one reason why even Adam Thielen's uh, 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 targets are, are going down. He came up with a big touchdown grab despite that. And another one over the middle that there was a heck of a pass by Kirk uh, on the comeback. But, you know, talking about Jefferson, something that just occurs to me, I mean, he, he took, he's ta- every week to week, he takes shots. He's not afraid to go over the middle. And, you know, this week uh, online, uh, Chris Carter apparently came out and compared, you know, the Vikings all-time receivers. And he put mm-hmm. him ahead of Jeff or ahead of Randy Moss and himself, which is saying something for Chris Carter. And, you know, maybe that's just for radio. But, you know, what, what occurred to me, I thinking yesterday with that shot that Jefferson took, knowing he was going to get drilled in the chops, Randy Moss, if there was ever a chink in his armor, he did not like going over the middle, you know, as much. He, he was great going down the sidelines and, and you know, deep you know, post routes and making incredible grabs and still the greatest in my mind. But Jefferson has been taking so many shots across the middle and he is not afraid to do it and hanging onto the ball. I mean, I wonder if, if that's one where place where you can maybe elevate uh, Jefferson that uh, over Moss, do you think? No, I mean, I, I'm not going to put him above Moss. And I think Chris in Carter that is being. Regard, in that I, th- I think that Kirk, uh, Chris Carter is being probably, a, you know, because no one wants to see the grumpy old man, pl- former player saying, I'm better than him. At least in, do uh, it. Uh, a lot of them do it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but, uh, I, you know, I, I, Randy over the middle. I mean, going over the middle was a lot, even in, like, the, when Randy played, it wasn't the, the 60s and 70s, but it was still a long enough go, time ago where you couldn't touch him over the middle. Or you, where you, you could. Uh, that, now, yeah, you can yeah. clobber him over the middle. That's a good and point. Actually, the, the, one, the one hit on Jefferson, I, you know, I made a comment in the press box, you know, being the old, crusty old guy. You know, it seems like more and more, as soon as we see, as soon as we see a violent hit, we assume it's, oh, it's, a, it's a penalty, right, it's a flag, right, kick, kick right. him out, fine him, uh, suspend him for 10 years. Um, I thought that it was a, it was a shot to the chest, and so, did uh, I. Um, so you know that used to be a legal play, and that's what players took. Now uh, there's obviously times where Randy, you know, Randy coasted, but <laughs> Randy um, he got some alligator arms over the middle sometimes. Yeah, but lie. but as I say, I would not, I would not, I would not take him down for for you know for that. I don't think it was it happened enough to where you're like, oh my god. But where Randy's, where we'll remember Randy is the speed, the size. Yeah. There's never been anyone with the, the size, speed, uh, ball skills, and the ability to yeah. do all the things he did. And then it's too, to me, it's too early to even put Jefferson in that conversation. That. But yeah, uh, but yeah, but Jeff, 
Jefferson's Jefferson is, uh, you know, like the Lions game to, uh, last week. Um, you know, they sold out. Uh, you know, the fact that the Vikings couldn't run the ball was disappointing to me because you know there's a lot of seven man boxes where because they were they were playing back trying to they were trying to, to take away Jefferson and, and Jefferson was catching balls when it was doubled and yep. and when there were he was bracketed and everything. So um, this guy is is obviously phenomenal. But along with that, you have the combination of Kirk and, and O'Connell together to where Kirk, you know, Kirk is probably going to throw more. Uh, he will throw more interceptions in, than he's ever thrown in his career, but he will play the best year, the best season of his career. I, you know, when, yeah. from an actual football standpoint, how you play the game without looking at the numbers. If they didn't keep track of the numbers and you looked at him and said, you know, that, you know he is playing better than he's ever played. Yeah, and I, just for the record, I'm not saying that uh, Jefferson's better than Moss. He's got to have years to prove it. He's uh, years of dominance that that Moss had. I mean, Moss was just unbelievable for so many years, and you, you couldn't stop him. And and Jefferson's head in that direction. He's not there yet. But yeah, the yeah, fact I mean, that he's in the yeah, the fact that he's in the conversation. The fact that you can say that and not laugh at someone for saying that is is pretty amazing for, for Jefferson. Yeah, you know? and you're you you make a good point about the rules are different, so maybe that gives. Uh, uh, receivers more fearlessness when they're going over the middle that they're being protected by the refs, because I agree with you. I, I thought that was a legal hit and I, I was surprised, but Jefferson, you know, did flop down and laid there for a minute. And that's going to, that's going to help ease that flag yeah. out of the back pocket of the ref. Yeah. He, he'll be, he'll, he'll be feeling that when he's 50 years old. I'll tell you that. Yes, he will. <laughs> um, speaking of hits, let's, let's talk about the defense a little bit. You know, the defense apparently came in playing, uh, a new scheme. At least we were told they're going to play more man coverage in this game. And, you know, uh, for what it's worth, it, it, it worked for the most part. I mean, in the first half, it, you know, it, it didn't, you know, they maybe the defense had short fields and they did the, they did some goal line stands and, and uh, both of their goal line stands were pretty impressive. That one where they stopped the uh, Ryan in the at, late in the game on the fourth and, fourth and one and the goal line stand early in the first, first series that resulted in a, in a field goal. So um, do you think, did you see a, an adjustment in the scheme out there? Do you think it was a good idea to do it? And do you think uh, they've already got it in just a half a football? <laughs> no, well, they shut them out in the second half stuff for three points. My goodness. I mean, I, I think the defense, this defense is never going to, when you look at just raw numbers, this defense is not going to, to wow you with, how, you know, how many yards they give up or how many like uh, yards per play, stuff like that passing. Um, but where this, where they, where they seem to, you know, uh, there's a toughness about them that, that like when they get near the goal line, they, they like that first drive, you know, Harrison Smith comes off the edge, you know, um, by the end of that game, I was remembering it as him making the stop. And I went up to him and I said, you know, cause I got to do like five points that are kind of outside the, you know, the big points and, uh, so I said that, you know, think about that, that first stop when they're, they've, it's third and goal at the one, mm -hmm. uh, Harrison comes off the edge. That's a player that wasn't available to him the year week before. And so Harrison yeah. makes a big difference. He did not make the kill. He reminded me, so I didn't make that tackle. I got to make that tackle. Well, I said, yeah, but you made the play, you know, cause uh, then, then the running back has nowhere to go. He retreats right. uh, and he's dropped for a seven yard loss. They kick a field goal. It's a, a field. They, you know, they lose four points in a, in a game they win by, but they lost by three. So, uh, yeah, to me, it's uh, I, one thing you noticed, uh, and I was thinking, I thought it was pretty obvious in the second half. There were more five-man rushes, and one of them was uh, 
It's a little bit over two minutes left. And I think it's a tie game. Uh, and Ryan, you know, not that the Colts are anything like, uh, you know, something, uh, Ryan is anything like he used to be when he was an MVP, but he's still quality, a good enough quarterback to have moved him down and kicked the field goal. And, um, you know, on a five-man rush, uh, Kendricks comes through and makes it his first sack of the season. Uh, he had five of them last year, but the, his first one this year. Yep. Uh, so I think he saw the other two sacks came like Daniels came on a four-man rush, like on the first pass. Came early, yep. Yep. Uh, then he and Zadarius split one on a four-man rush. Yep. So I think that it was, um, I don't, they obviously didn't overhaul their scheme at all, but they, we saw more. That's the most I've seen Kendricks be sent as an extra rusher. Uh, now, some of the extra rushes were not were pretty un- unimpressive, I thought. But like Sullivan, sometimes Sullivan dropped back a little bit and tried to do a Harrison Smith, you know, poor man's Harrison Smith, I guess. And then he kind of rushed from four or five yards back. Well, he that, all that did was leave a hole behind him. And uh, I think it was a first it came on third long, it created like a first down. So it's not perfect. Uh, but this te- this defense is scrappy. This defense can get you some turnovers. Uh, when you need them. And Hey, I mean, realistically, they did have two, two fumble returns for touchdowns that were taken away. You know, we're going to uh, get to those, but yeah. So I, I, I was just a little disappointed in the rush that I thought with a statue, like uh, Matt Ryan back there, they'd get, they'd, they'd hassle more than they did. They, they got to him a few times and they were okay. Good enough. It's better than they had previously against uh, oh. Jared Goff last week, but still not enough for my mind. Oh, it was much better than, than the two games against Goff. I thought, yeah, no, no, it was not the 85 bears, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was uh Hey, you know, we, at least there's a presence there. They're, they're affecting the quarterback a little bit. And uh, uh, you know, the fact that they just kept, kept coming after, you know, kept doing things without giving up is uh, was impressive. What did what did you think? I mean, you, you touched on it in the first segment talking about Duke Shelley. I mean, he he played every snap, and Dantzler, did, uh, if I'm correct, maybe I'm wrong, didn't get on the field. What what was that change? Was that with well, the I I think you know we, we saw last week with Dantzler on that touchdown, you know, to the, the 40, uh, 41 yarder to uh, to Williams. I I think that Duke Shelley is a better. He has better instincts. I think he might be a better player. Um, you know, Dantzler is not, I mean, Dantzler's made plays for this team. That first Lions game where he had to strip uh, and help win the game at the end. Yep. Uh, but he is not a guy that, like, was, when they went into the Lions game we're like, and people were like, well, they're, they're getting Dantzler back. They're getting Dantzler back. And I'm like, okay, I don't see it. I don't see a big enough difference between Dantzler and Duke Shelley. And obviously the Vikings, are, you know, it's a wash for them too because, it, because uh, I think Dantzler was available. And did not play, and Shelley right. played every snap. So At, I think know, Shelley's a better player. I, I saw a quote from Shelley this morning saying that when he was drafted, I think by the Bears, uh, they made him a uh, uh, what do you call it? A nickelback, a nickel corner, and so he was inside a lot, and he had to learn that it's not something he had played in college and was used to. And he said. Uh, he goes, I came in as a, as playing on the outside. So being able to play that all game yesterday, he said, I was more comfortable with that. And that maybe that's something we're going to see going forward. If, if, if that's, if that's how he feels and then he has a, a game like he did. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's not ideal. It's, it's certainly, it's why you need that pass rush because uh, they're, they're not ideal and they're not set at corner by any stretch of the imagination. And also whenever you have a guy like Booth who, 
the knock on him coming into the draft was he's got injury. He's going to be injured. He's going to, he's always having injury problems and he's not available to you for most of the because of injuries. Uh, it's going to be another position of need next year. Cause not, you know, obviously Peterson's another year older. So this team is going to be back just like they, they were through the, you know, some of Zim's years was, you know, corner is going to be a, a high draft need. Um, I want to jump to special teams real quick. Uh, they had quite an eventful day on Saturday. In the first half, they had bad, I mean, right out of the gate, a bad car, gave up a 50 yard uh, return on a kickoff. They, they had a block punt up the middle that resulted in a touchdown. They had a failed fake punt on fourth and one. Is that the call you would have made? I, I think I would have gone for it there, but um, I guess since they had already lost out on that, they. Didn't want to do that again. They had bad coverage on a second kickoff or a second kick. What's what's up with this unit? They were one. They were solid in the in the first part of the season, and and the last few games they've been they've been slipping up a little bit. Yeah, you forgot the, how the game ended though. Forty yard. I mean, this the, the kicker's the one we've been kind of riding for for uh, most of the year. Him, yeah, he had made all his kicks. Yeah, the, I mean, for him, I mean, he's uh, I don't know. See, maybe he's going faster or something because it looks like you know there was a, there was a uh, an extra point where like when they had to tie it, you know, or no, that was a two point they did the tie. Uh, but there was one uh, an extra point somewhere in the second half where like ah, oh, this is the one he's going to miss, and he makes it. Uh, so and then he gets to that forty yarder, and you're thinking ah, this could be one, right? And he makes it. But as far as the other, yeah, they, they give up the two longest kick returns of uh, the year uh, in this game. And, uh, you know, the the fake punt, you know, I like it whenever they uh, – when uh, Naylor is wide open, all you got to do is kind of throw it there. And right. I know this guy played quarterback in high right. school. But, uh, you know, that was not a throw you want your punter making. And that's that's where that's where the comedy of errors to me got to the point where it's laughable. It's like right. I think the next time it was fourth down, it was like fourth and seven from their twenty or whatever. I'm like, go for it, go for it. You know, just it's because you just felt like they were just going to keep doing things that was going to just keep putting them farther and farther behind. Yeah, talking about Greg Joseph, my brother texted me. He goes, "Oh yeah, he makes the kicks when we don't need him. Yeah, when you're down thirty-three, nothing. There's a lot." There's a lot less pressure on you, but boy, oh boy, as the game went along and they start putting the camera on Greg Joseph, just like you and everybody else were going, okay, which one's he going to miss and, and just end this thing, boy. It, it, it could have been bad for him. And I, and I feel like, um, you know, when, it, when a coach is hard on a kicker and the kicker has struggles and, you know, we, we get on the coach. And now, you know, this guy, is, uh, O'Connell, has taken a completely different he's, – he's taken a view on kickers unlike any we've seen. Uh, you know, it's like he just doubles and triples down uh, on a on a on a kicker. You know, I don't know if that's how he feels in his head, but publicly, it's been nothing but you know support for Greg Joseph, and and you know that's maybe that's that's working. I you know I don't know, but uh, the, uh, uh, the the block the the punt block that was uh, a, a Fadi uh, Odenigbo who used to be yeah. here. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys to talk to because he just says what's on his mind and he, he's, uh, he's just a wonderful interview. And, uh, you know, that was going to be my story was going to be how it kind of like the weird day starts with this, this, cause he, he hadn't been on the punt, uh, return team. Right. He was, uh, he was, you know, <laughs> they he had done a bunch made a bunch of mistakes and he hadn't been on it in over a month. They said, well, we just need you in there because you're a defensive lineman. The center will turn your way. And, and I, you're a decoy. And when he goes, 
And you, you notice how he, I go, that was the coolest block I've ever seen. Cause he's like, you just, eh, you know, like this. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm not going to dive. It's not my job. And I just kind of went up, stuck my hand out and the ball, the ball hit my hand. So, uh, that was going to be a, like my main story, but it ended up being one of the extra points. But, um, yeah, it's, and I believe, and I, I didn't, I, I noticed the one, one of the punts after that, the, they had uh, Luigi uh, Villain or whatever uh, as the right guard, and then they, they replaced him because I, I think that because he came right through between yeah. the center and, oh, and the right guard. Touch. Yeah, I believe that CJ Ham moved into that spot. I, I want to say, but at least on one that I saw. But there was a lot of things to keep track of in that game, I and mean, your right. eyes were going everywhere. So. Well, you were in the you were in the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium on Saturday, so I got to ask you a couple things that. I noted on TV the Boobirds started coming down at 17 nothing when it was well deserved. But uh, there was also I'm curious uh, how many empty seats were did we see for before the second half kickoff that? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really I didn't really notice it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people left. Um, yeah. I think it was still pretty full at the end. Was because that was a, quite a when he kicked the field goal. I mean, it was that, that noise was was. Or, you know, when things were going on in the second half, good for the Vikings, it was still a loud, you know, loud roar. You know, nothing like the Minneapolis Miracle, but uh, loud enough. I mean, I, I would have been gone if I was – if I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm – you know, guys like us, and our old guys like us, we're thinking as soon as we get somewhere, it's like the commercial. As soon as, you know, where are we parking? How are we getting out of here? <laughs> yeah, my car is pointed at the exit, and I'm going to be the first one out. You know, so I would have been long gone but by the time that game ended. Well, you know, I, I it's funny because I have a, a a guy that used to date my sister, was, and I'd heard how he left uh, the miracle at the Met before uh-huh. before it happened, and you know, always giving him grief for that. And uh, uh, I'm sure there's people who are going to have to be saying the same thing, trying to scramble. I think it was there was a game out in Seattle a few years ago where people had left and all of a sudden they realized that the team's coming back and they're trying to get back into the stadium saying, sorry, you can't get back in. You know, so we'll hear from, uh, we'll hear as we go on how many people that were there at the game, which will exceed yeah. the number of the capacity. And we'll hear about people say, yeah, I left, but I came back or something like that. It was just, uh, it's one of those games that uh, stuff like that happens. But, uh, um, you know, Here's, here's kind of a negative thought. I said, you know, what we may have missed in, is in that while we, while Vikings win these games in dramatic fashion, but they had, uh, but they had leads they couldn't hold on or extend. I'm talking about all the earlier games. Uh, the early leads were the biggest factor in those wins, and holding on at the end was the second. But that's no recipe to to win games going forward, and certainly the playoffs, and certainly what we saw yesterday is no recipe to win either. So what's this team going to do? I mean, uh, they're, they, they've got not, it's not, they've got a track record. They've got, you know, <laughs> it's just to come back and keep winning like this, you know, it's, it's, it's going to bite you at some point. So what do you, what do you, what do you see with this team going forward? I, you know, I, I think, you know, although the games kind of look similar, every game is, is completely different. It's uh, you deal with what's in front of you at that time. And um, it's just, unf- that's what makes this, you know, you can I, you can cover this league for thirty some years, like I have, and and go to a game and say I've never seen that before, and or you know, it's been one hundred and three years in this league, and we didn't. There was never a game like it, like say. Right. Think about that. I mean, it's uh, uh, to me, it's going forward. It's 
just kind of hang on, you know, and grab your popcorn, I guess, and hang on. And I think what you, what you, what you, you can count on, you know, this will be the jinx, I'm sure, but you know, you got an offense that's going to, that's going to score, you know, score a share of points. Uh, and then the defense has got to kind of like, you know, got to piece it together and toughen up when they like, what like they've did some of the red zone here in the last three or four games, uh, get, certainly get turnovers. You, I mean, it, it, getting takeaways is, you know, is so important for this team. And yeah. I don't, I'm curious whether it's, you know, you, you know, you go, whether you, when you got a defense like this, you go, if you're uh, if you're a Harrison Smith, you take a little more chances and going after balls. And um, so we'll see. Ed Donatel's defense only given up three points in the last 40 minutes of, of play. So, I mean, there you go, huh? Maybe he'll be a head coaching candidate. So now it's, <laughs> that's the way this league – this league goes from you're going to get fired to riding off on someone's shoulders. Uh, you know, well, least, it's up and least, down. At least they won't be uh, calling for uh, O'Connell's head and trying to elevate Ed O'Connell uh, at Donatel for another week. So on that low, let's take another break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the refs, uh, the postseason, and a few other things. And, and not the postseason, but just how it's lining up and uh, uh, chat a little, little bit more with Mark Craig. So come on back. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown, the post-podcast post, uh, from that amazing 33 uh, donut first half and that 39-36 uh, victory in overtime over the Colts' historic uh, historic nature. And as I heard uh, uh, Patrick Royce, a, a colleague of yours at the Star Tribune, say on his podcast this morning with Michael Rand, he said that, uh, and that wasn't even the craziest thing that happened this weekend. You have in uh, the Raiders are playing. Raiders are playing uh, 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 the Patriots, and uh, the coach out there uh, is is used to be with uh, Danny. Used to be with uh, Bill Belichick in New England. He's now the head coach, and they're tied as the clock's running down. 24-24 at the end of the game, and all they had to do is maybe you know they were trying to run a play and they were getting some yards. And if they had gotten there soon enough, they could have lined up for a game-winning field goal. But instead, the player with the ball takes it and starts throwing it around like it's the Cal, uh, the Cal uh, band play where you're trying, you know, trying to uh, still score a touchdown. And then he, someone coughs it up, and the Raiders take it the other way for a, a 30-24 victory. Was as the clock goes out, it, it was just as crazy a play as you're ever going to see. How does this happen for a Bill Belichick coached offense who, who? who uh, who's the greatest coach in the history of the game. And all of a sudden, can you imagine what he was thinking when he was watching that happen in front of him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it did not come authorized uh, from, from the sideline to do that. I'm sure it's, uh, and, you know, Belichick's, you know, we've got a coach better. we got to like, you know, I suppose you got to tell a guy when you're tied, like, you know, when you're tied in a game like that, uh, you know, don't go throwing it backwards 30 yards. Uh for whatever apparent reason, whatever was going through his head, I, I have no idea. Uh, I'm sure Belichick is, has already sat down and said, well, you know, what? Uh, and I don't even know who I, I'm, I'm – I saw the play. I didn't see who – you know, it was Jacoby. Don't, 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 Jacoby. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, depending on where that guy is in the pecking order, the uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the the food, cha food chain, he might be uh, might be looking for work right now. So, uh, yeah, it's – and that's why that's why everyone loves it. You know, everyone loves yeah. you watch these games, and I mean, the, you know, the, the um, another crazy one was the 
Uh, the Texans, the one-win Texans team, takes the Chiefs. And Chiefs, you know, are, you know, if they're not the some people's top team in the league, they're top three with the right. the Bills and the and, and Eagles. the Eagles. You know, uh, you know, they they take the the Chiefs into overtime before they lose. And you know, the Vikings beat the Bills uh, and the Bears. You know, I was watching the Bears uh, yet and yeah. Eagles yesterday. Just that's yeah, how the, the great equalizer being turnovers it's you know the, the bears got some turnover at the right time got some confidence you can see the momentum building and then the eagles pull away at the end but uh yeah, it's i mean the Vi- literally the vikings could line up on one sunday and and lose to the texans they could line up the next sunday and beat the bills chiefs or whoever that's just where you're at in the league uh there's there is not a dominant team there are dominant quarterbacks but as we saw in houston uh you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes has to go to overtime to beat the uh, the Texans. When you sprint, you bring up the Bears, and another of your colleagues, Lavelle E. Neal III, tweeted this morning uh, a video of of uh, uh, the run by Justin Fields where he was, you know, pinballing all over the place and getting into the end zone. He, did, he stepped out of bounds and didn't get in, but it was a great run. He says, uh, you better win now because uh, the NFC is going to be ruled by this guy for the next 10 years, you know, so he's already, he's already saying that uh, the Bears. Are uh, well, I, I would, I don't know about that, but I'm, I, I will say that this guy, you know, they're, they're a three win team. I think three, what, three and 11. Yeah. Um, four and 11, whatever. The playoffs already. Oh, I know. I know. But I'm saying, I'm, I'm just saying that guy, that quarterback, he, I mean, you could look at in that game and I think the announcers made references a couple of times. But, you know, Jalen Hurts used to be like that. Jalen Hurts used to be a guy where you're like, of course, Jalen Hurts was a second or third round pick, whereas Fields is a top 15 pick. Uh, you know, you, you look at him and you say, man, this guy is a, is a incredible athlete and running around. Kind of he's the modern quarterback. We see a lot of that. But I have once he gets the like Hurts did get the, the passing game, get, get, get comfortable in that part of the game. He's going to be. I think every bit as good as what Jalen Hurts is right now, yeah. but they got to they got to put the team around him, and the Bears, uh, you know, they're a long way from that. But like I said earlier, the Vikings are not going to come back and and run it back with the team they got now. They're going to have to take some uh, some steps back and, and some with some veterans. Well, they they, they better uh, uh, get into. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, I lost the segue, but I, I you know I, I have to uh, bring up another thing that it's outside the Vikings, but it affected them yesterday. The refereeing on this weekend was just out of hand, you know, with the Vikings game and uh, more games throughout the weekend. And, you know, you, you referenced it earlier, two touchdowns for Ch- Chadron Sullivan that, uh, you know, picked up fumbles and, and brought them back. Both of them were the wrong call and they were clear. I mean, they, they blew one dead, the first one dead. Cause he said they thought his, his momentum had stopped. If you watch the replay, the guy was lunging forward. He, and, and, Sullivan had just engaged him and he was trying to rip the ball from him and the guy was moving for it. And then he got drilled by, I can't remember who ball popped loose and he runs for a score should have been a touchdown. The other one was just egregious when uh, Zadarius Smith knocks the ball loose in a, in a scrum and comes kicks out like, like it's in uh, uh, what do you call it? Sport rugby where they kick the ball, out, he picks it up and runs the, the length of the field for for the touchdown. And that one's taken away. I, I, I just don't understand it. You got the other play where they, they mismarked the 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 downing. Well, maybe that punt was put in the right place, but there were other plays. But I I just thought the rest were terrible, and, and it kept happening throughout the weekend. 
is anything ever going to change with this? We just something we just have to keep living with. Well, they're you're human. You're human beings, so you're never going to get a perfectly officiated game. Where I think they made their mis- biggest mistakes was, you know, because you have replay, shouldn't you la- allow plays to to develop uh, or you know play out and then correct them? Don't blow a whistle and then try to correct or blow a whistle. And uh, the first one they really screwed up. They screwed that. Uh, Sullivan has a great strip, turns around, picks it up, and goes for a touchdown. I mean, can you imagine what 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 they did to this guy's career? I mean, whenever you start putting like uh, two touchdowns on your resume, uh, two two uh, well, one forced fumble, two touch two fumble recoveries, one forced fumble, one touchdown, two touchdowns. I mean, these are like not that he would have got it, but I'm saying these are like defensive. Uh, these are all pro numbers that you know that kind of like catch your eye. You know, they, they, they take that away from him um, and, and away from the Vikings because they make two mistakes that I think are, you know, not really judgment calls. They're just mistakes in how they stop the play. Uh, the second one, I'm still a little unclear why they why that happened. Right. But the first one, they, they the first one, they just uh, said, uh, you know, hey, oh, we blew the whistle. He's, they tried to say that we thought his momentum was stopped. They didn't think that. I think they they realize that they they blew the whistle way too soon or they just didn't the second one they just didn't see it happen you know and they just i don't know they, i think they got together and said hey we can't take we can't take the ball we can't give them the touchdown but we can't take we can't screw them out of you know two turnovers uh so they, they gave them the ball at that spot so it, uh, it, it, was, it was horrendous yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny you made, you made the point early on you just said you know let the, let it play out, and because you have you have replay, and for the, for uh, for to a great deal, refs have been doing that. They have when as replay got more and more involved in these things, it's, a lot of them have been laying back and not making that clear whistle. But this group didn't get that memo, you know, because you've got use replay as your your uh, your eye in the sky, your your backup, you know, someone that can can help you make the call. Too often. You know, someone did. I, do, do they call down and say, "Hey, you guys got this screwed up"? Can they do that and say, you know, people that are supposed to be watching it in New York and say, "Hey, you missed that one." You know, get together, huddle, and re relitigate this or or something. Well, inside of two minutes is when they do that. Two halves. But they can't. They can't do it any sooner <laughs> than that, though. Then. Right? Yeah. Well, the eye, the eye in the sky. I don't think. Uh... And they review, you know, they review change of possession. They review, right. um, you know, uh, touchdowns and scoring. Uh, to me, it's just like efficient. It kind of drives me crazy because every single play that's made, you're just there's this moment of it's automatic now that you, you know, kind of looking around the field, make sure that there, you know, wasn't roughing the passer. A hand, a pinky didn't come down and touch the quarterback's face mask. Make sure that uh, you know the ball didn't move one sixteenth of an inch whenever he's diving 40 yards of field, you know, it's just all this stuff that it's, it's, it's just over officiated, I think. And, um, but I'm in, I'm probably in the minority because everybody wants everything to be perfect and it'll, ne- it'll never be perfect. There was never. a random face mask on a J- Jalen Rager, uh, punt return too there or, or not Jalen Ray. Yeah. Punt return. He's the one punt return. So I, it's, it was just, they, they were terrible. And in fact, you said you were, you were watching the game and just wondering what was going on with the refs. I, I think regarding Shannon Sullivan, he should, uh, 
whenever he's going to negotiate a new contract, bring one of these along with a loop of those two plays and just say, yeah. okay, my stats say this, but this says something else. Um, any, anyway, uh, well, the Vikings won the NFC North and still have a chance at the second seed of the playoffs. They're one game ahead of the 49ers without the tiebreaker. Uh, they can, they are locked in. They are going to get no worse than the third seed, so they're guaranteed that first home playoff game. Um, they have three games left with beatable teams. The Giants coming in uh, uh, a little bit shorter week than the Vikings uh, this Sunday or this Saturday and uh, the Packers after that in Lambeau, and then the Bears in Chicago where, where crazy things happen. If they win out, they get the second seed, and which is what I think they would really need because if you're going to play the 49ers in the second round, you're going to want them at home. But uh, what, what do you think of how the playoffs are lining up? Who do you think they might see in that first game? Is it going to be a repeat of what we're going to see on Saturday if the Giants show up? I mean, what, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, the Giants, you know, the Giants – they they beat the the commanders on uh, on last night. Or last night. Um, you know, either one of those. If I'm if I'm the Vikings and you're at home, of course, like I said, the, the Vikings. We don't know or you don't know what you're going to get defensively. You don't know if you're going to get takeaways. You don't know. I mean, uh, but I you know I would feel comfortable if I was the Vikings and I and you had uh, Washington or the Giants at home in a in a, a home you know opener. That's kind of a. I mean, there are no guarantees, obviously. <laughs> but uh, th- those are, or you know, the Lions. The Lions can sneak into that eighth spot, yes, they or can. seventh spot. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, you know, you could sneak into that spot. You know, so how would you like to sweep the Packers and have them come back the next week? I mean, that would be kind of like, or two weeks later. You don't think there'd be some uh, puckering going on if? Uh, yeah, if the, bring it on though. Vikings are the better team. I'll take that one. Yeah, uh, the better teams don't always won't always nope. win. I just, I just don't want the 49ers first round. I don't want the Cowboys. Well, you can't. I, I know I'm not yeah, going to yeah. get it, but that, yeah. that's, those are the teams I'm worried about. I'll, I would take Seattle. I would take the Giants or the Commanders. And I, I'm not sure I'd want the Lions. I, I would, you know, I, I can say the Packers. I don't think the Packers have got much left, but um, the Lions are just on, they're, they're ascending. And, and they, well, the Lions, yeah, the Lions can score on you in a yeah. bunch if, if, uh, you know, and the Lions have a swagger to them that uh, you know, the Vikings got a good taste of that a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, they got some confidence going for them. So, yeah, but it's a good spot to be in. Yeah, it, I don't, you know, anything can happen, but it looks like Philadelphia. You know, I, I think you have to go through Philadelphia to, uh, to right. get there. Right. Which is not ideal either. But, uh, you know, hey, the Vikings are historic. They could do something historic. Uh, I, I, did, I did get a, a – the uh, wordle in one this morning. So, you know, I, I'm thinking uh, anything can happen. The hell might freeze over or the Vikings could win the Super Bowl. That's kind of odds well, there are on that thing. The way I prepared for this, uh, I got a Toradol shot this morning. So I feel like I'm really NFL ready right now <laughs> uh, for some back thing I got going on, lower back thing I got Ooh. going on. So, yeah. Well, I hope, uh, I sure um, hope it gets better for, for, uh, it's off season. It's, off, it's off. I, I, I have my issues in off season, but. Yeah, I do I, recognize you know, Toradol is uh, I can see why it you know, kind of takes care of some aches and pains. Uh, so nice. Uh, not recommending uh, NFL players shoot up before a game doing that. I mean, not that they've ever done that before. Oh, no. Uh, if you were to come and like drop, you know, like 
helmet to helmet me right now, I'd feel all right, Joe. So I'm, we got we got to have a full season series this year to really put that back to the test. Now you know what I'm going through every time we. Oh, I'm not that bad. I don't need I don't need I don't need my back cracked every three times a day like you. Going tomorrow morning. Um, the Giants are coming in on Saturday. They just beat the uh, Commanders last night, as you said, on Sunday Night Football. Saquon Barkley had a really good game. He looks pretty good in there. And they have uh, on defense, they've got uh, this this guy, number five. Uh, I can't even think of his name right now. Um, I, I lost it. But he he was he scored a touchdown for him last night on defense, caused a fumble. He had, he had the quadruple. He, he sacked, stripped, recovered the fumble, and put it in the end zone. Um, can't think of what the heck's name. It starts with a T. Anyway, what do you think of these guys? Are they pretenders or, or contenders? What do you think of the Giants? Well, I think that they um, – I mean, if you had to put them one at one spot or the other, I, I would say pretenders. Uh, um, they, you know, like they, can't, they started fast. They, they've slumped. They've kind of – you know, they're not um, – you know, <laughs> you'd rather play them than the, than the 49ers and the Eagles and, you know, I don't think they're quite ready for this. Uh, I like I like you know the Vikings at home, although <clears throat> I think at some point I'm going to have to go out on a limb because I'm what two behind. Yeah. So, but I, but I'm I, I this it's wouldn't be the week. I suppose this we wouldn't have... be the week. This would be the I, week. I, mean, I might have to like well two left. I might have to if if we both picked this game the same, then the next two I, I could definitely see them losing the last two because. They might be resting people by then. You know? That could be. That could be. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Vikings in this one. I think, uh, you know, it, I, I expected better out of them uh, last Saturday after after the the embarrassing loss to the Lions. Well, not embarrassing, but the the bad loss to the Lions. You know, they had responded uh, to other losses better than this, but then they they got they got it together by the second half and pulled out the win. So I got to take my hat off to them, but. Um, you know, I, I think they they are uh, beatable. I don't think that it's a it's a running quarterback as well in uh, Jones. Isn't that his name? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Daniel Jones, I believe. And uh, they got a they got a corral of Saquon Barkley. Um, and I think they can. I I, uh, I think their the defense is going to have another week with you know the new schemes or whatever, and they're gonna, they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be up for this one with the home crowd because the final two games are on the road, so they're going to want to put a nice, nice one before they come back here for the playoffs. So yeah, I'll pick them too. And yeah, I think I think they they win at home against a quarterback that's not going to light them up. I don't think I, that's saying a lot because they they have they can be lit up by just about anybody sometimes. Right. But I you know I don't think that Daniel I don't think that Jones is going to come in here. Uh, you know, like Barkley. You know, this, this team is not really all that great against stopping the run either whenever, you know, whenever a team really wants to run on you, but uh, I, I like them being, uh, being at home. I like it. Well, it's good to see you're, you're taking steroid shots just for this, for this pick thing. Cause that Mankato beer is on the line, that Mankato brewery. Mad That's right. Well then you know, I'm going to, I'm hoping that uh, like, you know, well, Rogers will probably be resting the last one or we could have everybody resting. There might be nobody playing on uh, it's going to be Justin Fields back up and what, Against uh, Nick Mullins, probably that that'll just uh, come down to the end there. I hope something's on the line because I'm going to be I'm going to be at Soldier Field watching that game, so it's going to be. Uh, fun. But uh, um, anyway, that should do it for us for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about uh, about the uh, Giants game they played this Saturday, and it, you know you you don't know that you can get any exciter that any more exciting that it already has this 
this season, and then it just did last weekend. So who knows what's in store? You got to keep watching this team. They're crazy. Thank you, Mark, for your insight. And uh, thank you, Mike Walden, from behind the scenes. And uh, all I can say uh, is to Joe Johnson, who put us here, gosh, I hope you saw that game. I'm sure you did. That <laughs> <laughs> was crazy, and you're watching this season. Um, anyway, thanks to you all for, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week on Vikings Territory Breakdown. Goal.